found a place today for conversation and stories that illustrate God's presence in our everyday life. Welcome to the Parable Podcast. I'm Danielle Zapchank, and I'm so glad you get to hear Tommy Lee and his story, his parable today that he shares with an authentic heart. I live with so much anger, and if I am not careful, I am always trying to prove people wrong. I fight with anger and resentment every day. I can sit here and tell you, Danielle, all of this nice spiritual stuff and tell you I'm about others. My demon is I'm trying to always battle that anger inside me and trying to stick it to people who said that I couldn't do it. I got to fight that. And I'm aware of that. And that is a battle. And I ask the Lord to help me to have peace, to love, to let things go. We discuss so much from global leadership to building confidence in others and trusting God when cancer becomes a part of his life. Let's listen in. I am so excited to introduce you to Tommy Lee today. Tommy and I, we just met. And I'd have to say, Tommy, that you are just a man of connection and building other people up. Uh, A couple of the people that I talked to, they said, you need to talk to Tommy Lee. That was the first person (laughs) that everyone came up with. And so I just would love to hear more about who is Tommy Lee? What do you do, Tommy, on a day-to-day basis? What are you about? Yes, very simply, Danielle, thank you so much for allowing me to come on. Very simply, my parents immigrated to Chicago in 1972, born in 1977, always grew up in the Chinatown area, went to college with my parents telling me, doctor, lawyer, engineer, pick one. Got accepted into Washington University in St. Louis, and I thought I was going to be a doctor. It was going to major in chemistry. After one year, realized I did not want to go to medical school. Went to their business school, and then from that point on, for a number of years, I built cell towers. And then from that point, I was volunteering with our church in Chinatown, and they had me work with the college ministry high school and college, took a college ministry of about 19 students, grew it to 90 students. Then they said, you have to speak to these students every single week. Well, I didn't know what to do. So I actually went to Moody Seminary at night. And then from that point, I graduated and said, well, Lord, are you asking me to become a pastor? After about three years of being a pastor, I realized, man, I did not like being a pastor. That just was not my calling. Then actually went to work in the educational seminary institution, realized, wow, I did not deal well with bigger corporations, a little more bureaucratic. And so I struggled in that environment. And so now for the last 12 years, I get a chance to lead Resource Global as the president and founder, where we work with young marketplace leaders from around the world, Jakarta and Singapore and Kuala Lumpur and Nairobi and Austin, Chicago. We start in Hong Kong. We start in South Africa next year. The Growth Center at Church and Mission over at Northern Seminary. I get a chance to be the managing director of Together LA, uh, founded to create possible and work with wonderful groups like A21 with Christine King. Would you say as a child, was the church a part of your life growing up in Chinatown? Danielle, let me just say this is I, I there, we grew up in the Catholic church and my mom and my parents, when you talk about tiger mom, she was the ultimate tiger mom. We had to get straight A's all the time. If we got A minus B plus, we were grounded. We got up for our SAT tutors at 8 a.m., 7 a.m. for SAT tutor at 8 a.m. Studied on weekends until 7 or 8 o'clock. We start again on Sundays. On the summer vacations, the Chicago Tribune would print up all of the spelling words. We had to sit there and memorize every single one of those words. If we got one word wrong, chopsticks would end up on our fingers and we had to write those words a hundred times. The only reason why we went to church is in high school. I went to Whitney Young High School, but there was an elder of a church by the name of Jay Lee, Chinese guy. And he says to my mom, your kids have no social skills. You need to send them to learn social skills. The only reason we went to youth group 
group was to learn social skills. Do you think some of those qualities of what your mom instilled in you, as you, what you call a tiger mom, it really has helped build your confidence and your self-esteem and your work ethic as you are a part of so many things in this world? It's built in me perseverance. My parents worked seven days a week. They worked multiple jobs. It was always working hard. My mom would stay up with us when we had schoolwork and study exams all the way into the night to support us. I've never forget the hard work ethic. That has instilled in me all the time. The part that I do struggle with is it's never good enough. You always had to get straight A's. You And I've had to learn to learn to give that up. I see my mom doing that to my daughter now because she always says, you got to get into the gifted program. You got to get straight A's. I said, hey, that actually isn't very good because you get to a point where you never feel like you're good enough. You feel like you always have to be better. So that's something that we had. I had to learn to give up and let go of that. Are you firstborn? Well, we're twins. So my brother was two minutes older than I am. So we are firstborn. There's something about that quality. I'm as well. And again, no. Nobody, at least in my family, I didn't feel anyone was pressuring me, but there is that idea of like, I just want to strive. I want to do better. Tell me, when would you say, since you were starting to go to youth group, when did Jesus become more than just a name for you? There was this youth pastor. His name was David. He came and picked us up every single Friday and drove us home from youth group. He grew that ministry from 16 kids to over 2,000 kids. And what he did so well was he developed student leadership teams. For the very first time as a young student, I had ownership. For the first time, someone believed in me. We learned how to plan games. We learned how to plan retreats and camps. We learned how to learn how to do public speaking, lead Bible study. You built the confidence. You created ownership. It was just amazing to really be able to do that. And I would say he really instilled all that. And through that ownership, I came to understand who Christ was in my life, how he actually loved me for who I was, because I never thought I was good enough. And I owe everything I have to him. And he really instilled that confidence in me. Well, thank you to David. Sometimes we think discipleship has to be this big, expansive thing. And really, it's just about one person being intentional, taking a kid from Chinatown and just saying, listen, here, I want to give you ownership and that sense of confidence. And that's so beautiful that he was just being Jesus to you in that moment. Danielle, what he did for me, it leads me to do Resource Global because now I work with young marketplace leaders to release them to do, make a difference in their city. What he did for me, I've taken those lessons and then try to do it all my years when I was doing high school and college ministry at the church in Chinatown. I find that was my tending the sheep moment like what David is and then took that idea and then now grew into Resource Global. Now it took over 30 years of doing that but I feel like it was all tied into one man who instilled in me the confidence over 30, 35 years ago. Tommy, would you say that when you're working with Resource Global and leaders all over the world, is there kind of this similar thread, if you will, of the same issues or struggles that leaders are facing globally that you keep seeing over and over? Yep. I I find a lot of times, even my work in Jakarta or Nairobi or different things like that, what's different about this, this young generation is now they're exposed to technology versus before you've always been in your own huddle in your city. Unless you go to college, you never see anything. I lived, let's say in Chinatown, Chicago. I always thought ministry was done just like Chinatown in Chicago. Never knew anything. Suddenly I went to Wash U and I'm in a small group now with Korean Americans who looks different, who's different than I am as a Chinese American, African Americans, Latino, Caucasian. You realize 
Wait a minute. That's not how they do ministry. I used to do ministry. Your eyes are open. These individuals from all over the world, technology has opened their eyes. They've gone away for college. They now come back globally. They're no longer fully Indonesian, Singaporean. They're no longer fully American. They're seeing it with different things. The key thing is they all want to change the world. Now, how do you tangibly help them through reflection, through the journey that God has them on, which is so powerful with your parables. All of us have a unique story. All of us have unique chapters in the story that God is writing on. How do you begin to learn to reflect upon your journey and be able to seek the adventure that God has for you? Completely. So Tommy, I'm sure you have so many stories, a part of your life. What has been one parable or two maybe that has been really impactful in your life, something that you've learned from. I'm going to tell you one quick story. So I worked in tower industry for a number of years and there was this one client sprint and usually I could build 20 towers pretty easily. I mean, in 180 days, you had to build the tower, get everything up, go through soil, environmental, structural, everything like that. This time they had 40. And so I'm so 40. And so you're always on a deployment call. So what every single week you're on deployment call, I get in and then the vice president of the region walks in on my deployment calls without any notice and he sits there and I'm sitting oh my gosh I gotta be on my best behavior the guy from Sprint says to me Tommy can you do this in um, this bond out time and get us everything on the numbers and I said to him I will try my very best I will do my very best the vice president says to um, the guy on the Sprint sprint, let me mute you Days during the days it was conference call system and he says Tommy can you do it and I said so and so I will do my best. And he says, I could care less if you do your best. Can you get it done? Because if you can't do it, I will let you go right now and find someone who could do it. And I said, I'll do it. And he then unmuted and says, we will do it. After the call, he says, Tommy, there's a difference between trying your best and doing it. I don't want you to try your best. I want you to get it done. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Hard lesson, hard lesson by understanding Later on, a year or two later, during the all-employee leadership meeting, he brought all the staff together. He says, guys, I want you to say that when I travel to all the regions, there is one person that when I talk to all the clients, when I talk to our business guy, they want on the project. His name is Tommy Lee. He does it with professionalism. He gets the job done. They all want him on this project. And he says to everyone, I don't know Jesus. But if this guy, from what I hear, helps his youth group on every single Friday and goes to church all the time, if he knows Jesus, then sign me up because I did a good job. Danielle, I'm not bragging. What that taught me. After that, I had my boss come up to me and says, Tommy, my daughter is struggling with um, a health issue. Can you stay after work and can we pray about it? My administrative assistant project coordinator at that time says, Tommy, I've had two miscarriages. How do you find hope in God? We spent a lot of time talking about that. Another guy would party out all the time at the bars. He says, Tommy, how do you find meaning in your life? Why does Jesus give you meaning? We talked about that. During Christmas, I went to all of those different individuals. I gave them a Bible and with their name imprinted on it. Later on, we all disappear and went our separate ways. When I had cancer a couple years ago, the person who had the miscarriages sent me a message and says, Tommy, I just want to let you know, I have three beautiful girls now. I came to know the Lord. I lead my vacation Bible study and I still use your Bible. The other guy who was always partying up says to me, Tommy, I got married. I go to church. I bring your Bible to church. The other guy 
who was my boss, now he's cancer. He says, Tommy, I'm struggling with cancer. Can you pray for me? Can we talk? You never know. All you have to do is be faithful to the job that God has you. Do be that most excellent worker. Treat people with the greatest amount of respect, with much humility, and allow God to work through all of that. Yes. Gosh, that's so true. Just being faithful. Because I think sometimes people think, well, I'm just a bus driver. I am just an accountant. Our ministry is where we are. It's not just in church on a Sunday morning. It's where we are. We are being Jesus to those people. You had mentioned that you had had cancer. How long ago was that? It was about three years ago. And I thought I had a sinus infection, Danielle. And literally, it was a four-centimeter tumor. And I thought it was a sinus infection for months and months. And then from that point, the doctor says, hey, there's a four-centimeter tumor. Let's do a biopsy. There's a pretty good chance it's cancerous. Um, and so a lot of times, it was diagnosed with cancer. Walk in and say, you're going to have to go through nine weeks of chemo and radiation. And Tommy, just to warn you, it's an easy cancer to get away. But it's probably one of the most painful cancers, it will destroy the inside of your nose, your mouth, everything like that. First week, ah, whatever, nothing. Second week, taste buds go away. Then suddenly all the saliva are gone. Never again. I have maybe a little taste buds, but it has disappeared. Third week, suddenly all the pain. It felt like not only one canker sore, you had 30 canker sores all inside your mouth, on my tongue, inside. You felt and you tasted all the skin disintegrating in your mouth. You no longer could eat salads, but you've lost all your taste buds. So all you could do is drink and everything tasted like water. So suddenly everything hurts. Radiation destroys the outside of your neck. So it felt like you took your neck and rubbed it against concrete. For the next seven weeks, you live in pain. That pain never goes away. That pain is unbearable. They give you morphine. They give you pain patches. And many days I laid there. I can't move. The pain is unbearable. I cried out, just give me some minutes of relief, something as a relief and every night at three o'clock the the whole house is asleep i am sitting there at three o'clock at four o'clock please just take the pain away and it was during that time the lord reminded me when everything is down can you still trust me because if you lean on your heart you're going to get angry you're going to get resentful tommy can you lean on the truth of scripture can you lean on the biblical truths and trust me and take on the memories of everything i've done for you all the stories i've given you Can you trust me? I had to learn that in a very, very hard way. You know, it's so easy to trust God when when joy is happening around, when things are going well. So you just you just want to praise God. But in those hard seasons, in those job moments, if you will, it wrecks you. And would you say that throughout your life, even though that was probably one of your hardest, have you seen that level of asking God for trust over and over? Or is that, you know, just been one of those moments? where you've had to learn that the most. Oh, I I think I still do this every single day. I had no more strength. To this day, Danielle, I live in pain every day. I have no more tears. I have headaches. The chemo destroyed, uh, narrowed one of the spines. I live with a lot of pain in my neck. I have no more taste buds, hardly any saliva. My teeth are struggling because there's no saliva. I've lost most of hearing in both my ears, so I talk louder than I should be. I struggle every single day, and every day, Lord, I need your strength. The memories of the pain still exist in in here. I struggled the pain and living in just that silence and living by myself with all those all those months and all those weeks. I living sitting in the hospital room by myself for uh, one time two, 10 days. I struggled 
badly. So do you feel being a part of all these different opportunities that you are, that you're able to just utilize your stories, your your challenges, the joys, the triumphs, and you're able to channel those back into the people that you meet every day? During that period of time, something wonderful happened. Resource Global was a fledgling organization as we were trying to set up our work with the young marketplace leaders. Suddenly, when I was gone, our Jakarta marketplace leaders, those Chinese Indonesians, became the one thing that encouraged me. That group grew. That group started having ownership. That group started understanding the role of Christians and culture in work, in justice and mercy. Suddenly, our team, our my assistant at that point in time was a former school teacher, grew to be our managing director. God took all those guys when I was gone and says, Tommy, look at what I could do without you. All of this built, the foundation, the success was built when Tommy Lee was gone. It showed me, Lord, you are there, but I am to build an organization that will never be about Tommy Lee. Even I am the president and founder. It is built on the family and the contributions of many, the women and the men from different worlds. And I am just a steward of what God has given me. I honor the strengths he has given me, but I honor the respect of those who are different than me, women, men, people of color, older and younger, to allow them to unleash their potential to serve God. And and I am merely that. And I am not there to create a name for myself or I'm an influencer. I am merely there to steward everyone's gifts. We are a culture of influence and who is going to have the most likes or TikTok followers? (laughs) There is this idea of wanting more and doing it for yourself when really it's, you know, God turns that upside down. It's like, what can you do? for my kingdom. And it's it's about me. It's not about you. And just being able to humble ourselves before that. It is a hard process to understand, but it's such a beautiful thing to witness when you see God blessing and showcasing himself in all these different opportunities. So thank you for the work you're doing. Danielle, I could sit here and tell you that, hey, look, we are to be a steward of God's what God has given us. We are to always think about others first, everything like that. And the reason why I say I'm the worst of it, I struggle with demons in my life all the time. The reason why I needed my youth pastor to believe in me is I was bullied all throughout my high school. I struggled with people not believing in me all the time. I was chased after, always just ridiculed, all of that. I live with a lot of resentment. I live with many years of anger. When I share with our former church way back in the days, uh, I share with them some of my heart issues before I went to seminary. I said, I would like to work in this church full time, and but I need you to hold me accountable because these are my heart issues. I laid out my soul barely. Danielle, that church, who I loved and served for many years, says to me, Tommy, there are some heart issues in your life that disqualifies you for ministry. Not only do you not have a role in this church, we don't believe that you should ever be doing ministry. And in the college ministry that I served for over a decade, the next week I'm sitting in service and I open the bulletin and it says that Tommy Lee decided to step down. Well, I'm sitting there, wow, that's news to me. I guess I was fired from a job. I live with so much anger. And if I am not careful, I am always trying to prove people wrong. I fight with anger and resentment every day where I've seen there. I can sit here and tell you, Danielle, all of this nice spiritual stuff and tell you I'm about others. My demon is I'm trying to always battle that anger inside me and trying to stick it to people who said that I couldn't do it. I got to fight that. And I'm aware of that. And that is a battle. I ask the Lord to help me to have peace, to love, to let things go. I'm asking myself. And because those memories of what they said, what they did still lingers in me to this day. Oh, that makes me so sad, Tommy, because I work in a church as well. And we all have to remember 
grace, you know, that none of us are perfect. But if we're choosing to love Jesus and be authentic with who we are, recognizing, yeah, we have those demons in our life, but we need that support and that encouragement to grow above that. Gosh, it makes me so mad. (laughs) Danielle, I would probably say that experience has now opened the door. If I did not, quote unquote, get fired, there would have been no research global. I would have always stayed in Chinatown all my life. And now how I manage people, sometimes I will allow those guys to fail. It always becomes a coaching session. Hey guys, learn from your mistakes. And so it has allowed me to temper down, to be more patient, things I had to learn the hard way. And that's my story. That's my journey. Would you say since that experience where they told you that you're never going to meet that level of expectation or you have these demons in your life, has it been hard to then maybe with friends or people you trust to then share those things because you're afraid of, well, I don't want to be judged for the things that are just being hard in my life. I would say no. I mean, my wife accuses me that I'm too much of an open book. This is my life, folks. These are my weaknesses. This is where I come in short. I I even tell our staff, guys, here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. I'm not your perfect leader. So let's do this together. If you don't admit what your weaknesses are, everyone else around it knows what your weaknesses are. So why in the world are you trying to hide it? (laughs) So true. So true. Well, Tommy, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for just being honest to talk about, you know, where our weaknesses are, how we can be committed and just support the people that are on our teams and give confidence and ownership to those that are in our life. Thank you for just being honest and willing to do what God is asking you to do, even when you have a cancer diagnosis, that you will just trust him. You're going to continue to trust him even when it's hard. So I appreciate all that you're doing. Danielle, thank you so much. Sure, Tommy, if they wanted to connect with you, what is the best way that they can do that? Connect at resourceglobal.org is one organization I run, resourceglobal.org. There's also the growcenter.com, the growcenter.com. So those are two organizations that I run. And uh, other than that, Instagram is at Tommy P. Lee uh, is the best way to get a hold of me. So encouraged about the way that Tommy is just truly authentic. He showcases his weakness and he does what he can to support and lift up so many that he is a part of in his life. If you want to be able to reflect some more about what we discussed today, some of the takeaway questions to think about or journal about is this In what ways have you seen God use your parable story at work in your life recently? And that could be just at the grocery store or in your job experience, anywhere. Where have you seen God utilize your story and make your life continue to matter? And number two. In what ways has resentment built itself into your heart? Tommy talked about his struggle with resentment and anger and just feeling not good enough. So what is that seed of resentment that maybe has been tucked in a way in your heart? For me, I know it is control, also not being good enough. And so sometimes we hold those things in our heart so tightly, we don't even realize and we need to continue to speak God's truth into our life. So in what ways has resentment 
resentment built itself into your heart. If you like the show, I would so appreciate it if you shared this with a friend. It is a great way to connect and continue this conversation. Plus, you can also subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions or you want to connect with Tommy, you can find all the details below in the show notes or at daniellezapchank.com. I would love to connect with you more. You can find me hanging out on Instagram or Facebook at Danielle Zapchank. That is daniellezapchank.com. Z-A-P-C-H-E-N-K. That'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Remember, your parable showcases your worth in God's eyes and how God wants to continue to use you. We'll see you next week on the Parable Podcast.